Welcome to Dream Chasers Radio, where we are always daring to be different. Get ready, get ready, get ready to be inspired. Let's get moving toward our goals. And here to make that happen is our host, Yaya Diamond. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We are definitely here today to, I mean, I, I'm just excited. I know I always say that. I mean, you can you just, just count on me saying I'm always excited, all right? But I'm definitely excited because I, I have so many wonderful guests on the show, and they're the best guests in the world. And I'm just going to be biased and say nobody else has guests like mine, and that's how it is. <laughs> but Today you're listening to us, and in all these times, we've been on 97.5 FM Real Community Radio in Northport, Florida for three years. Yay, FM Radio, yay! And also this year, we have combined our forces with the Caribbean Community Radio to actually get this program out to all of the Caribbean, all of the islands, and all of the East Coast from West Palm Beach all the way down to the Keys. Thank you so much uh, for the Caribbean Community Radio, as well as Bobby B Radio in New York City. We've been on that radio station for about two and a half years, and the Dream Chasers Radio Network. And today, we added more networks to the roster. So you will be listening to us, and I don't know where now. And I'm not even going to try to keep keep that in, in mind. But what I am going to say is I have a wonderful artist on the show with me today, and I am so happy that he is with us. Mr. Ron Hemrick, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Oh, no problem. So tell us how you got started. Um, well, I've actually been in the music business for a lot of years. Um, I, I started um, uh, playing piano back when I was like five years old, which was um, back in the 1950s. Wow. Um, and um, I, 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 I was playing classical music up until I was uh, 14. And when I was 14 years old, I uh, was watching uh, the Beatles perform on the Ed Sullivan show. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I saw all those screaming girls in the audience, um, I decided I was going to become a singer-songwriter. So <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been writing songs ever since then. Wow, those motivation, motivation. <laughs> <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> so, you know, you went up for a consideration for Grammy nomination. Tell me how that was. Um, it was, I, I was playing in a, I played in a band for many years, a band called the sixth generation. And, um, again, we we actually started back in, uh, the late sixties, like, um, 66, um, to 1970, we were very active in the upper Midwest and we had a number one hit in 1967 and, um, but in 1970, we were all college age, and it just got to be too much doing the touring and recording and so forth. So we just kind of went our separate ways. Um, and we always have said uh, we took a 40-year vacation. Um, we got we got back together in 2010, you know, all the original members. Wow. And uh, we started playing again 
um, and we played uh, for the next uh, six years, and uh, we were basically all over the world, had the opportunity to do a tour over in the UK, got to play at the world-famous Cavern Club uh, while we were over there, so that was pretty exciting. Mm. And um, when we, when I've, I've been writing this whole time, and um, I wrote a song uh, called Touch the Moon um, around that time frame, and um, it was uh, doing pretty well on the streaming services and, and um, iTunes and so forth. And uh, one of the uh, Grammy members heard the song and put it up um, as, as being considered for a nomination. It never made it to a nomination, but it was um, very cool that it was at least considered for a Grammy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Now, you have been compared to the Beach Boys genius writer, Brian Wilson. How does that make you feel? Um, pretty awesome, actually. Um, you know, I have a lot of people uh, that have complimented my songwriting, and I, I think that's probably one of the best compliments I've had. And it's, there's been two or three different music critics uh, that have made that comparison. And you know, I don't, I don't know why that is. Um, I mean, I enjoy uh, writing songs uh, very much, and um, you know, I'm sure he does too. Um, and the type of music is not necessarily the same, but I think it's the lyrics that um, that draw people into my songs. Mm. And I mean, you know, when you go through songwriting process, you know, and I, and I know that the music industry is, is pretty much the same when it comes to the songwriting process. I know the, the business of it is different. That's what we're going to talk about in a minute. But what do you, I mean, what do you go through as you write a song? Um, I, you know, I think every songwriter does it uh, differently. Um, for me, um, you know, I've, I get an idea and I sit down um, at, a, at a piano and the music and the lyrics kind of come to me at the same time. A lot of people will either write the lyrics or the, you know, and then later write the music or, the, or vice versa. But for me, that happens uh, kind of simultaneously. And, um, uh, you know, I, I will spend uh, the time at the, at the piano to get things uh, worked out. And um, after that, um, I usually let it set for a day or so and then come back to it and tweak it and uh, then start arranging it and, and so forth. But um, like I said, every, every songwriter is different, I think. Right, right. And it's, you know, when you can write music and lyrics together, that to me is amazing because I can't play the piano very good. And I'm just going to say, I will never mm -hmm. play the piano outside of my own domain. <laughs> so you, but, but I, I can, I can, I can trick myself into thinking I can't um, <laughs> by uh -huh. doing a lot of passes, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> when you're recording, uh -huh. uh, but um I hear it in my head. So when you, when you sit down and you write and you come up with things, have you ever trashed songs just because you, you sat there, you did the whole thing and it's just not good? Oh, oh, sure. You know, and I think every song to go through that too. You know, you get an idea and you just start working on it. It just doesn't gel. Now I have, uh, you know, set them aside and come back to them as much as even a year later. 
and picked up and they magically happen, mm. you know, in, the, in a different time frame. And um, don't know why that is when you couldn't make it work out the first time. But, yeah, right. you know, different ideas hit you, you know, different life experiences or whatever. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and let me ask you a question. When you, mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so you go back to it, you get it, it gels. And then what if you go back to it, it doesn't gel? Do you throw it away or do you put it away again? Um, if, if, if something isn't gelling, I'll either continue to work on it until it does or I'll set it aside and go back to it, you know, another time. So you um, never... You know, when I, produce, when I produce a song, I want it to be something that not only satisfies me, but it will satisfy a broad audience also. Right, right. And so you never throw it away. Uh, typically, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have, you know, songs sitting on the shelf, so to speak, but I don't really throw them away. Um, I'll just keep tinkering with them until something works. Hmm. I love that. I love that. Because it's like, you know, I, I normally trash things. I'm like, nope, no good. Garbage. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you've inspired me not to do that. See? Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. There you go. Y'all later on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not going to trash anything. Thank you so much, Ron. All right. So now, <laughs> now that you've got, I mean, you know, you, we got an idea of how you do things. And you know what? It might even have been more people that got a re- the revelation that I just got. Hey, just don't throw it away. Just put it to the side. Maybe later on it'll work. Hey, what a revolutionary mm-hmm. idea. I mean, duh. Anyway, so I feel stupid. <laughs> but, um, okay, so now the, the business side of it. You know, that's the writer side of it, the composer side of it. Now the business side of it has changed so much and so drastic. What, yeah. um, what adjustments have you had to make to actually accommodate the new system, the new way of doing things? Well, you know, it's dramatically different. I mean, I, I, I can go back to how it was back in the 60s. Um, and it was, it was really, really dramatically different back in the 60s. You know, you could walk into a, a DJ at a major radio station and uh, get them to listen to your music. And, you know, if they started listening and liked it, they continued listen. They, they play it on the air. Mm-hmm. You can't begin to do that today. Um, you know, unless you want to, you know, like um, get, someone at iHeartRadio on the line and, um, you know, send your $10,000 check to them so they'll listen to it. Um, but um, that's, that's literally about what it takes to get something on mainstream radio. Right. The thing that I think is fortunate for independent musicians in this day and age is um, uh, internet radio and the smaller independent stations that will allow you to get your music out there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, back in the sixties, um, the, the band I was in, I could, I could never think that we would get worldwide distribution back in those days. Right. But now, you know, I've, I've got uh, listeners on Spotify and, and iTunes and Amazon and Google play and all of that. And they're all over the world. They are. So, so I'm I'm literally able to reach the world, and I have a lot of fans in Asia and Europe, and um, of course all over the U.S., Canada, Mexico, South America. It's it's uh, unbelievable that as an independent musician, I can 
get into all of those people's ears, you know, and I just love that. Yeah. Yes. Now, you know, I heard, I heard someone talking on the radio the other day and, and I totally disagree with them, but I'm going to go ahead and pose this question to you because you've, you've gone through the older way that the music industry used to handle things. And then now the new way of handling things. And like you said, you would have never have imagined that you would have been able to be in front of an international audience by just putting it up yourself. Um, so mm -hmm. the question being, you know, most people say, well, you know, uh, you know, this is a young people's game now and, you know, older people, they just get the young people to do it. And so, but I, I kind of disagree with that. What's your take on the new way of doing things and the learning curve? And is it a young people's game now? I, I don't think so. And I think, um, and, and I don't mean to, to say it to sound harsh, but I think a lot of the, um, music that the uh, younger people are listening to, first of all, a lot of it is kind of trash. Um, and again, I don't mean to sound harsh on that, but, you know, I've been a musician for a lot of years and um, musically and lyrically, a lot of the songs that are popular nowadays um, are not, um, you know, I would never dream of releasing something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as a musician, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any age, um, uh, restriction, you know, certainly in this day and age, you have to be up on technology. Right. Um, and I guess I was fortunate, you know, during that 40 year vacation that I, um, mentioned earlier, I was fortunate. Um, I, I ran a very large international company for a lot of years, mm -hmm. and as and two things benefit me uh, from that. First of all, is the the business experience itself. You know, mm -hmm. the business side of music is every bit as important as the music side of the uh, music business. Right. And you know, I, I I am fortunate that I understand that because I was a CEO for a lot of years. Mm. Um, the other thing is that being an international company, I've been friends all over the world. Mm -hmm. So when I started performing again, um, both within the band and then when, as when the band retired and I became a, a solo singer songwriter, um, you know, I have a lot of friends all over the world that were that kind of like a catalyst, you know, they were curious, they knew this businessman. Um, they never imagined uh, that I was so into music. And um, as a consequence, there was a big curiosity factor that got people listening to me. And they liked what they heard. They would tell somebody, and it just kind of expands uh, from there. So I had kind of a built-in network uh, when I, when I uh, started doing music again after that 40 years. And that has helped me. But the, the thing is, you know, there was a big learning curve on how things were different right. back in the early days as how they are now. And the main thing on that was technology. I was also fortunate because the company that I ran was a technology company. So I have a technology background, um, understood it uh, very well, understood worldwide networks and how the Internet works and all that sort of thing. So. I've been fortunate in ways and it has certainly helped me in my music career um, because of the business career that I had. Right. 
And I love that because, you know, you kind of squash all those, uh, those, those people that say, oh, well, you know, older people are cut out of this. I doubt it. I think that if you really want something, you'll go for it. And let me ask you one more question. Do you think that the technology and the, and the means to do what you can do now on the internet and just the availability of everything, is that better than what it used to be or is it just different? Um, it's uh, both, I guess. I, it is very different, of course. Um, but I, I honestly think it's better. Hmm. Um, because, you know, back in those days, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, there was no way to reach an international audience. Right. And, uh, you know, there were, there were probably a few independent musicians around, you know, that weren't under a label, but almost everyone was under a label that was uh, getting out there these days and right. or back in those days. And, you know, nowadays an independent musician um, can have a lot more freedom than, and not operate under a label. And yet still the, the tough thing in the, as an independent musician is getting the marketing done, you know, it's, um, you know, the social media sites make it a lot easier um, to do it at, at uh, a reasonable cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's not like an independent musician can be like uh, Ed Sheeran and spend, you know, a million dollars a month, literally, right. on marketing, yeah. you know. Um, so, uh you know, while it while it has its downside not having a label, um, there is there is still a lot of opportunity, and the task becomes getting some sort of an effective marketing campaign to get your music out there. Right, right. Now tell now tell me about your song "Time," because I know you have a song called "Time," and did you write yes. that? And and is there a meaning, a story behind it? Um, yes, I think, you know, all, all of my songs are basically from life experiences and, um, my song time is actually, um, you know, I was sitting around thinking one day, um, about when I was a kid, um, you know, it seemed like, like time took forever, you know, like Mm -hmm. a summer vacation for school. That's a long time, you know, um, and as as I have gotten older, um, you know, it's like that was just yesterday. You know, yeah. Time time just flies as you get older, and that's what that song is actually about. It's, awesome. It's looking back at time through the eyes of a child, and then um, looking at it from the perspective of what it is right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now you're a chart topping songwriter and you mentioned that earlier that you had your hit tell us which what's the name of that hit um back in 1967 uh the song was called this is the time and um it was you know it was a number one uh hit um and that's the only uh hit that the band actually had back in those days now after we got back together uh, we had some that um, uh, did very, very well. And then I wrote one in um, 2015 uh, called Living in a Small Town. Okay. And uh, that one actually made it to number two on Billboard. 
So that was exciting. And, and um, the, the thing, uh, uh, the thing that, about that song was it was released at the very same time that the Rolling Stones re-released Satisfaction on their 50-year anniversary. Wow. And the only song, the only, that's, that's the song that kept it out of number one was the re-release of Satisfaction was in number one and Living in a Small Town was number two. Wow. And it stayed in the top 10 for like um, 12 weeks or so. So that was, that was a nice one. Wow. That, to me, that is so amazing. I am loving it. I, I love it. I love it. I love the fact that you kept going. You know, you have so much experience. And I love talking to people with experience. It doesn't, I mean, I don't know if age is a requirement for experience because I've talked to so many different people with so many different ages that have so much experience in, in their field. Um, when you think back on your life and then now, what kind of advice would you update that you gave then, but now there's an update to it now? I think the big thing in terms of music is, you know, um, um, back in those days, you know, I was a, I was a teenager and my bandmates were a teenager. We had a manager. Um, but, um, you know, as teenagers, you don't have any business experience, so to speak. Now we learned a lot during that. Um, and I certainly learned a lot. Um, but I think what's really important is for, artists to understand that there is in fact a business side of this that is just as important as the music because the music doesn't get heard without the business side. Mm -hmm. I understand that completely. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for being on the show. I want to thank you for bringing, I mean, just your expertise to the show. If you have anything else and anything further to, to say, I would appreciate it, but I, I think we went over everything as far as I can think of. That's, that's great. I really, I really appreciate the opportunity. I love it. I, I mean, you know, the opportunity is actually for the people who listen and not so much for yes. you. Because I think that you as, as a trendsetter, as someone who's, who's been there, who is still doing it and proves a lot of people wrong, that to me, that's the opportunity I have to have you on the show and i want to thank you for being I on the show i appreciate that uh ron it has thank been you. wonderful 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 i love it and uh, we're going to go ahead right now you're listening to us on 97.5 fm real community radio the caribbean community radio station bomb baby radio in new york city and oh we're on iheart radio right now ron all right, right. we're on iheart great that's right so you got your song on iheart and iTunes, right. and Google Play, <laughs> and Spreaker, and Spotify. We are everywhere, and we're going to go ahead and play his song. Here it is, Time. Small bear feet on cold morning dew in glass that tickles my feet. The sun rising up in a bright blue sky and birds singing oh so sweet. With time slowly passing by. Dandelions flying in a soft gentle breeze while butterflies dance in the sun. Playing 
outside and heading for home when the street lights flicker on with time slowly passing Yeah. 